The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I always say it, and I always mean it, because it's true. What's the buzz on the street today? Well, I have an interesting quote from a gentleman named Ted Halpern, who founded Halpern Financial. He wrote this on March 29th this year, 2017, on Nasdaq.com. Listen up. He said, it is as if every dollar bill in your pocket has a list written on it of all the transactions it was involved in prior to reaching your hands. You know what I'm talking about. The blockchain ledger infrastructure has huge potential to simplify. Right now, it is in its infancy. So keywords here, blockchain, ledger, Simplicity, potential, and the other key words are dollar bill. Okay, so what are we talking about? As the switch to digital money by blockchain technology is turning our central banks into dinosaurs. There's another key word for you. Banks, dinosaurs, what? Many people are skeptical about whether we should trust the security and the privacy of our transactions as they go along digitally en route to the blockchain. We're going to explain a little more. After all, you don't want a glitch that lets good old neighbor Bob down the block suddenly own your condo as the point where you were trying to make a payment and his payment intersected and it went to, no, 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 we don't want that. But There's so much hype surrounding blockchain. It has real and potential benefits, and it has a lot of fluff around it, too. We're going to try to unravel that hype. This is part two of a very important and very compelling topic. By the way, this is Coffee Break with Game Changers. It is Wednesday, April 5th already, 2017, and we are happy to be here. Let me tell you who my guests are, my three experts, and then we'll go around the table with their opening quote. First up, in just a minute, I will be introducing you to Jeremy Epstein. He is the CEO of Never Stop Marketing. We met Jeremy a couple of years ago when he was a VP at Sprinkler. And then we're also welcoming back to the show Alon Cantor, VP of Business Development at a company called Checkpoint. And we're welcoming Raymond Gross, Innovation Manager in Blockchain at SAP. So let me start with Jeremy. He has sent us a very interesting quote. You probably have heard it many times. The lore, the, the quote investigator actually, isn't sure whether the quote comes from George Bernard Shaw. Probably not. Puck, maybe not. Puck Magazine, yeah, you think so? It was in in 1887 in a landmark Romanesque revival building at Lafayette and Houston Streets in New York City. We're going to go with that as the source. It also is attributed to a Chinese proverb. Here we go. Those who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are doing it. Jeremy, welcome back to Game Changers. How have you been? Great, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you. You were one of the instigators for this topic, my friend, Jeremy. And here we are, part two. We covered it in a different vein, not on the money focus, but the marketing focus a couple of months ago. So I'm thrilled to have you back. Tell me about the quote, Jeremy. How does it relate to what's happening with banks, dinosaurs, blockchain, trustworthiness, security? Talk to me. Yeah, so uh, I pride myself on being an instigator, so thanks for making me feel good about that one, Bonnie. <laughs> you know, I, I think the, the, the thing that you raised about, you know, how do we make sure that Bob down the street doesn't own your house or whatever is definitely a valid question, a valid concern. Um, but, you know, that, that on-ramping process of getting sort of our traditional infrastructure onto the blockchain certainly um, has challenges, and there are things that need to be addressed. And I don't want to just sort of wish it away with or swipe it away with a toss of the hand kind of thing, but it's going to get addressed because th- this thing is inevitable. You know, it, it's faster, less risk, less cost, greater security. So we're going to head down this path. And yes, there will be a lot of things we have to do to make sure that people's property, people information are protected. But, you know, the way I'm looking at this is we have to think future back. We're going to be living in a world of blockchain-enabled systems, solutions, the blockchain infrastructure, given that, and it might be a year away, it might be 10 years away, it might be 50 years away, um, how do we start thinking about the types of businesses and, and the opportunities there? So I'm not minimizing it. We definitely have to be smart about it. Um, but don't say, oh, well, we got to make sure that, you know, that there are too many risks uh, associated with getting th- the wrong thing onto the blockchain um, to sort of you know, uh, um, hold back. This, this genie can't go back in the bottle. And, you know, I'm, I'm all hyped up about this and the coffee's kicking in, but uh, what can I say? It's game changers. <laughs> it certainly is. Very interesting. So should we be worried about Bob inheriting accidentally our condo, our co-op, our car, our SUV, whatever our prized recent purchase is? Jeremy, what, what, just give us a quick overview. What are the chances that that's going to happen with technology, with these transactions crossing paths and going bump in the night, literally, on the way to the blockchain. What's the chance? Should we be worried about it? Sure. It's going to happen. I mean, nothing's perfect. And, and I would be naive and stupid, and I'm sure Alone and Raymond would beat the crap out of me for saying that this thing's a perfectly <laughs> flawless system because it's not. Um, and it's not 100% secure. Nothing is. Um, so there will be issues. But, you know, I, I think people still will live in a physical place until Elon Musk figures out how to transport us to multiple places at the same time. Um, and so there will be jurisdictions. There will be laws. And we will have to figure out how to safeguard this. You know, the, it's, you know the, these, these, this paradigm shift affects so many things, like how we, you know, regulate uh, industries, how we protect people from criminals. So it's not, we have to recognize this thing's happening. The wave's coming. It's like trying to stop waves in the ocean. Good luck. It's going to come. So we better off saying, okay, now that it's happening, how do we start thinking about this before, you know, the waves hit the, hit the shore? So we should be worried about it. We don't want anyone to be, you know, victimized of this, but, you know, just like, you know, we shouldn't say, well, will people die in airplane crashes when we have airplanes? Yes, they will. Of course, and we're going to do our best to minimize that. But by and large, people are going to be able to do a lot more than, you know, having to travel everywhere in a covered, uh, covered wagon. Thank you very much. Get rid of the covered wagons. Now you have me worried that Bob down the block is going to own my new motorboat, Jeremy. <laughs> for, uh, don't worry about that it. I, would... I, own your, I own your motorboat. Oh, my goodness. I was, I was afraid he was going to own my co-op really and my car. It. 
Oh, thank you very much, Jeremy. Words of comfort. And now let's welcome back our second guest also. He was on with us recently. His name is Alon Cantor, K-A-N-T-O-R, VP of Business Development at Checkpoint. And Alon has sent us a quote from Alan Kay. Those of you wondering who, his full name is Alan Curtis Kay, K-A-Y, born in 1940. He's an American computer scientist, and he had he did pioneering work on object-oriented programming and windowing GUI, it was called, GUI, Graphical User Interface Design, uh, and he's an adjunct professor of computer science at the University of California in L.A., and uh, the most notable thing here is that he spent 10 years at Xerox Park, and he became Atari's chief scientist for three years, and on a side note, Alan Kay is a former professional jazz guitarist, a composer, a theatrical designer, and amateur classical pipe organist, so there is life between technology and the musical arts. Here is the quote, Alan has selected from Alan Kay, quote, technology is anything that wasn't around when you are you were born. <laughs> I love that quote. Alan Cantor, shalom. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Bonnie. We're delighted. Talk to me about this quote. Is it really that simple? Anything that was around before you were born? A bit simplistic, but I think that uh, it, uh, it connects very well with your introduction and uh, about uh, the dinosaurs, dinosaurs, and uh, anything that uh, uh, like when you look at blockchain and uh, other cutting edge technologies that uh, um, were published in the last few years, it makes us all think uh, that we are kind of uh, old and uh, dinosaurs. And uh, um, I think that. This connects very well also with uh, uh, how Jeremy described uh, the blockchain and the, the, the opportunity and uh, the threat. Very interesting. Uh, Alan, this reminds me of a quote a friend of mine who is no longer with us uh, used to say his definition of a consultant was either somebody who has gray hair and you don't, or it's somebody who lives 35 miles away and comes to town and charges a lot of money to tell you what you may already know. So <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Um, tell me something. Blockchain, would you find it trustworthy? Do you find it, Ellen? I'm going to poll you because I asked Jeremy the same thing. Will Will Bob down the block from you, uh, will he own your boat or your condo or your anything else anytime soon? Should we really put our faith into this new technology? Uh, I agree with Jeremy that we have no other choice and that uh, um, we will all use it and uh, this is something that is probably going to, to change a lot of things in the, the financial uh, industry. Uh, that said, there is a lot of risk with it, and uh, it is important uh, for us as security professionals to make sure that the implementations are secure. So that the concept itself is uh, it has no uh, threat to, to anyone. It's, uh, it's a great concept, and it works very well, but uh, in most cases, security issues come from uh, wrong implementation or implementation that doesn't take security into consideration. And this is where we see most of the security flaws and most of the uh, vulnerabilities in software and in other places as well. 
Thank you very much, Alon, and welcome back. And now let's welcome, I thought he was a newcomer, but he reminded me he was here a couple of years ago. My How Time Flies. It's Raymond Gross, Innovation Manager in Blockchain at SAP. And Raymond has brought us a quote from Peter Drucker, 1909 to 2005. Peter Drucker was an Austrian-born American management consultant, educator, and author. He is described as the founder of modern management. And for those of you who love MBOs, Management by Objective, you can blame or thank Drucker because this was his concept. He also came up with the idea in business of self-control. I don't think we want to touch that one. So here is the quote. If you want something new, you have to stop doing something old. Raymond Gross, welcome back. How have you been? Thanks, Bonnie. It has been a while, exactly. It was December 2014. I looked it up uh, prior to the show. So um, I'm, I'm good and I'm happy to be back again. Thank you. Glad to have you. I love the quote from Drucker. This is like when people tell you how to, uh, you know, Marie Kondo in uh, in Japan wrote a book about cleaning out the clutter in your house. And I think her concept or somebody else's is you have to take something out of your closet before you put something new in. So if you want something new, you have to stop doing something old. That reminds me of that. Talk to me about this quote. How does this apply to our topic today, Raymond? It uh, it it sounds easy if you if you look at it, but it's damn hard actually to do if you're if you're on it. So it it means to me that uh, you have to leave your comfort zone, right? That's uh, challenging. That's sometimes frightening. And um, blockchain, to a large extent, is massively new, and this is also massively challenging. And to some participants and to some people, um, frightening as well. So blockchain here is an example of of innovation in action. I would say it's an example of how we could do something new, but uh, for a large extent, probably we're still stuck in in something old. And um, this is interesting from an innovator's perspective. I've been I've been dealing with different innovative topics for 20 years now, mm-hmm. and for the first time here, I see something that that could be described as a live experiment in in a combination of economics, game theory, psychology, and and also computer science. And um, you can always argue if the glass is half full or half half empty, right? Um, but I'm I'm more the um, the half full type of of person, so I. I I see that as an as an opportunity, and um, yes, obviously you have to eventually give up something old, and that's change management, that's uh, um, convincing people. But some of them are more reluctant than others, and for the ones that embark on the on the challenge, I think this is um, in the future it might be the differentiating factor for for success. Thank you very much. Interesting. And Raymond, I have to ask you the same question. Is Bob down the block about to steal your boat, your car, your SUV, uh, your, your new motorcycle, uh, whatever? Do you, do you trust blockchain yet? Yep, I, I agree a lot, uh, absolutely with uh, what Alan said. It's um, it's not about the technology. It's about applying it. It's about um, um, how, how to make use of it. And um, I trust uh, the whole thing uh, from from the principle and from the um, uh, core technological functions and features. Definitely, absolutely. Is it production ready in everything that is discussed already in the context of blockchain? And here I'm with Jeremy. No, absolutely not. There are risk risk associated to it. Um, so we have to clearly look at uh, what's possible, what is hype, what is reality, and uh, I think this is what we're up for in the show here, right? 
Yes, absolutely. We 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 like to get controversial. I'm I'll be interested to see if the three of you disagree with each other at some point during the rest of the show. It's always interesting when we get controversial and that gets to be very compelling. I'm not saying you have to, but I think it's a possibility. So, thank you Raymond and welcome back. And Jeremy, instigator you, I'm going to circle around to you and ask where are you calling from today and what are you drinking that fuels you, Mr. Instigator, or what would you rather be drinking of this? just boring in your cup talk to me jeremy <laughs> uh yeah no, I'm, I'm pretty much a hardcore coffee guy Ho- coffee and water is pretty much my two liquids these days and i just happen to be drinking uh, uh some straight up uh, black coffee nothing too sexy this morning just um that and i'm calling from right outside of uh washington dc so you may be in the same weather pattern I am here on the North Shore of Long Island in New York, where we are seeing a little bit gray, but they're promising temperatures going to tiptoe up to a very balmy and summerish 65 this afternoon. Same thing down there? We're actually, I think, slightly ahead of the curve for you. It's a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous spring day. I just went for a walk. You're going to love it. So hopefully you'll get what we have. Send it up, send it up the pike, please. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm ready, and I'll tell you the color of my straw, and you'll know how ready I am for the sunshine. Thank you, Jeremy. By the way, that coffee that fuels you, you have a favorite brand? We'd love to know. Uh, you know, the product placements are pretty expensive these days, so I'm, I can't do that because no one sent me any bit, uh, Bitcoin over a peer-to-peer uh, network yet. But once the, once the transmission, transaction's confirmed, I'll be happy to endorse the brand that sends me the money. Oh, you are good. You are really good. I've never had that answer in a thousand shows, Jeremy. Okay, Mr. Instigator, we'll let you go take a sip. Thank you very much. Alan Cantor, I know you're in Israel somewhere. Uh, tell us a city, and what are you drinking that get, keeps you going, Alan? So I'm currently in Tel Aviv. It's, uh, it's the end of the day for us here. It's uh, 6 p.m., and it has been the first really hot day this year spring so it was at uh, the 80s 85 degrees uh, Fahrenheit today very hot and uh, very sunny but uh, uh, it is supposed to to go down back uh, in the rest of the week to to make it more uh, sustainable and uh, easier to to walk around what are you drinking? Uh, I'm I'm a coffee drinker, so I drink coffee uh, that gets me going in the morning and uh, usually around three or four cups a day. And any particular brand? Forget what Jeremy said about product placement. Do you have a favorite brand you'd like to tell us about so we get to know a little more about you? Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, too picky, so I uh, I can drink uh, uh, mostly any coffee that is not uh, American coffee. But uh, at home, I use the Nespresso machine, and uh, I usually rely on the Ristretto uh, capsule to get me going in the morning. Thank you very much. And now let's turn to Raymond Gross. Raymond, rumor has it you're somewhere in Switzerland. You want to tell us the city? And skip what the hotel is giving you. Uh, what would you love to be drinking right now? Uh, I have something special here. So I'm calling in from Basel, Switzerland, where we had a big uh, custom event here. We also was presenting on blockchain. 
And as I'm a true fan of the show, I was thinking about how to make that special. So I decided to go with a glass of water, bunny style. And if you know, wonder what that means. Actually, I went on a raid the last two nights uh, I was out. So I pinned up my glass of water with a rainbow colored straw, which I picked from the drink one night. And also here it comes an LED ice cube which I picked up yesterday, which can be blinking or uh, give, uh, emit a steady blue light. And this at least is as good as two cups of coffee, I believe. Oh, I, I'm so flattered drinking water Bonnie style. I know nobody has ever said that before. Thank, thank you, Raymond. I liked you before. I like you even more now. Interesting. Well, I will tell you that I do have just a clear glass mug with cool, clear water from my Brita filter. And I do have a hot pink straw because I am hoping Jeremy is right and he's going to send that gorgeous weather up the coast from D.C. to Long Island or however, whatever highway it's going to drive on, I-95, Jeremy, and I'm very optimistic. But Raymond, I have to get an LED ice cube. Where do you get them? At some place like Bed Bath and Beyond, or where would I get one? Do you know? Well, it says made in China on the thing, and actually, it was like a, like a giveaway from uh, from one of the branches of our company, so Concur, which does the travel solutions. Uh huh. Um, I have to figure out, and and if I find a couple of more, I send them over to you. Oh, you would be very kind to do that. Speaking of travel, I have a little secret I'll let you on in on, uh, Raymond. I am going to be at Sapphire in May, the huge SAP conference. And what am I going to be doing there? I'm going to be broadcasting Game Changers Radio live on the Voice America World Talk Radio event channel for three days, doing interviews one-on-one, two people at a time, and we're going to have pre-set up panel discussions similar to the format we use here on Game Changers. The reason I brought that up, Raymond, is I just booked my travel through SAP about a half hour ago. They were very, very nice. So I, if you're going to be at Sapphire, I will see you and any of our listeners. If you happen to be planning to go to Sapphire, look for the broadcast booth. I don't know where we'll be, somewhere near the strategic partner marketing area. They're the team that is bringing me as their guest. And Ryan Treasure from World Talk Radio and the CEO, Jeff Spinard of World Talk Radio are joining me there. They're going to be my production team. So that's exciting, isn't it, Raymond? Yeah? Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the LED ice cubes there. I'll get them there. Jeremy and Alan and Raymond, so happy to have the three of you here. We're talking about a very serious topic, blockchain, the hype. Is it hip? Is it cool? Is it hype? Do you trust it? Is it secure? What in the world is it? How fast should the banks be running for cover and reinventing themselves? Will the new entries into entrance into the fintech industry be able to save the banks? Is there enough cleverness out there? And we're going to talk Turkey and talk tech about what in the world blockchain is and when it's coming to a bank or a wallet digital or physical near you. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We're going to be right back. I promise. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. 
SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Indeed, let's. And we're speaking today with three experts on the area of blockchain, banks, dinosaurs, money makeover, digital everything. My guests are Jeremy Epstein from Never Start Mark. Stop. Marketing, always start, never stop. Alon Cantor from Checkpoint and Raymond Gross from SAP. We're going to kick off the roundtable in earnest with Jeremy Epstein. And Jeremy sent me some very provocative notes here. There's something as a quote from Don Tapscott I would like to read. So Jeremy says, the blockchain on-ramp is critical, but it will get done. Many comparisons have been made between the dawn of the commercial Internet in 1993-ish, okay, that's a round number, and blockchain as the Internet of Value. So talk to me, Internet of Value. Let's get started, Jeremy, please. Yeah, sure. So this is the part that's super exciting to me. I mean, you, if you go back to the early 90s and sort of the beginnings of, you know, web browser, what have you, you know, you heard a lot of people, most people didn't know about it, but a lot of people say, oh, we'll never use email, we'll never use web or what have you. So I, I have to sort of stress that I think that's where we are right now in terms of resistance to the fundamental changes that, that blockchains and, and decentralized systems can bring. And sort of this first last 20 years or so-ish has really been about sending information around the world at light speed. I mean, Alon's in Tel Aviv, Raymond's in, in Switzerland, you know, you're in New York, I'm here. And we're used to this all the time, sending information all over the place, basically at a cost of zero. So with information, that's great. And, you know, the, the challenge around value is whereas if I take a picture of you, Bonnie, which of course would be, you know, go viral immediately because of its awesomeness, and I sent it to somebody <laughs> else, I have a copy of the picture and someone else has the copy of the picture. With information, that's not a problem. With assets, that's a huge problem because mm-hmm. if I have a copy of the deed to my house and alone has a copy of the deed to my house, now we have a problem. So you have to be 100% sure that everyone in the world or everyone in the network knows who the owner of that asset is, which is why we've needed third parties to make sure that that um, is, is, is managed in a way that everybody feels like it's fair. So what blockchains allow for is the transfer of value directly from t- between two people or institutions in the same way that we transfer information, but we're doing without any centralized party to do that. So this, if you think about it, whereas we can send information in seconds, if I want to sell my house or probate a will or, you know, settle a trade, these things take days, weeks, months. 
that's unacceptable if you believe time is money. And so now this Internet of Value is going to unleash and remove a ton of friction from the way that, you know, our businesses are done by sending information or sorry, by sending value um, Mm -hmm. at, at basically the speeds that we've become used to in the way we send information. So that's unlocking this huge amount of value that's sitting in sort of traditional models of going through third parties now being able to move at the same speed that we've all become accustomed to in the way that we move information. And to me, that's just ridiculously exciting. Ridiculously exciting. I, I like that. The idea of not having to wait for a third party to, pardon the expression, bog everything down, seems like a phenomenal excitement, a privilege, a, a, a streamlining that we've only dreamed about. And we're going to find out more from Alon and from Raymond whether they agree with Jeremy. So Alon Cantor at Checkpoint, why don't you add your POV to this discussion? What do you think? I think that in many cases we already have a lot of the functionality in terms of what uh, uh, we all expect. So uh, we already have means to transfer money directly uh, between two people without uh, having to to stop through a mediator or through a bank or anything. So these applications already exist. There are mobile applications. There are websites that allow this uh, um, over the existing infrastructures using credit cards, debit cards, uh, and uh, money transfer directly from uh, accounts. These are all happening. Like yeah. I'm using it uh, on a daily basis to to pay other people uh, for my my personal uh, usage and uh, paying uh, friends for uh, collecting money for uh, a joint gift to to a colleague at work and stuff like this. So the the application is already there. Uh, I think that uh, blockchain will allow us to go beyond this and will allow another layer of functionality that maybe currently we do not yet have and we do not yet uh, can think about. So I, I, you wanted us to, to disagree a little bit. I, I don't think <laughs> it uh, as is. I think that uh, I already see these applications happening uh, big time today. Thank you. Very interesting. Raymond Gross, love to get your thoughts. Agree, disagree. Where do you sit or stand on this issue? Yeah, I would have a hard time to disagree with that because it's uh, probably one of the of the early motivations or the early drivers of the whole topic transfer of, of value. And it is clearly, if we if we look at what the internet can do and what IT infrastructures can do as of today and what they were designed for, this is clearly the part that's that's lacking or in the implementation always felt behind a little. Right, and it was uh, cumbersome and and difficult to use, and you had to rely on third parties and these things. So when when now something comes along as, as blockchain does and promises for the end user in a way to make their lives better, obviously um, this is a strong indicator for me that this will be accepted on on the long run. Obviously, also they are. A lot of hurdles we, we have to uh, just jump over and, and um, a lot of practical questions we need to work on to really move along that path and ultimately end up in a, in a future where everything that is currently envisioned based on blockchain can become reality eventually. Um, but nevertheless, it's, it's very worth embarking on, 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 on that journey and uh, collaboratively uh, work on um, making 
blockchain ready for uh, for usage and then there are uh, scenarios where it's already more mature and we, we we see it in production or close to production and that's exciting that's encouraging and as i said if uh, the end user benefits from uh, the new features the new functionality um, this will scale this will be adopted Adopted and it will be everybody's reality um, probably even sooner than, than everybody expected as of today. Thank you very much. Let me, uh, Jeremy, you want to quickly comment on what your co-panelists said before I move on to a topic from Alon's list? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I mean, I like Alon, so I don't know if I want to disagree with him or not, but I, I think it's I allowed. might be disagreeing with him, but I'm going to give him a chance to tell me that I'm actually not disagreeing or I'm actually stupid. Either one's possible. So Alon, <laughs> you know, uh, sorry, I need meets the air. What can I say? So here's the deal. Um, Alon said, or I heard you say, is that, hey, we already have some of those things. And I think at a sort of a very high level, of course, you're right. Like you can make sort of payments, Venmo, PayPal, all those things pretty quickly. But I would say that like that's at the very top level and it's very simple sort of transactional sort of cash stuff. You can't certainly go down deep on the asset. But that same transfer that's happening, it might be happening instantaneously, but it actually comes at a cost to the end user which is basically our privacy and our security because all of our information is actually going through Venmo or PayPal or Visa. So now we don't have that additional level of, you know, we might be doing it at their speeds, but it's at the cost of they know where we're transferring money, how much money we have, to whom we're sending money and all of those things. So maybe I'm disagreeing with you. Maybe you're just talking at, at sort of that very simple level. So I don't know, but i um, not looking to pick a fight, but I know Bonnie told us we should really start disagreeing. So I'm just trying to keep her happy. <laughs> Alon, I'm going to give you a chance to comment back to the friendly disagreer here. Jeremy, what do you think, Alon? I think, I think that uh, indeed the most uh, interesting part of this uh, uh, possible applications with blockchain is the anonymity. So the functionality is there. Anonymity is indeed the, the new main feature that it provides. And uh, on the other hand, I, I would like to argue that uh, this anonymity also comes with uh, uh, the, the, the risk of less accountability. And uh, when someone knows that uh, his transactions or her transactions are anonymous and nobody can track them down, they might uh, think that they are not accountable and, and it is complicating a lot of issues. Even in the most basic aspect of uh, proving uh, stuff, uh, so there's a lot of additional functionality and applications that will need to be added to chain, uh, blockchain applications in order to add accountability and to make uh, things more trackable without losing the the main advantage of the anonymity. Um, so I, I agree that there is a lot of opportunity there, but again, there's uh, also uh, risk involved and balancing between the anonymity and the accountability is uh, a subtle task that uh, requires a lot of thinking. Okay, I think I'm going to move on. So we've got both positions here. Ray- Raymond, do you want to take a side on this or shall I move on? I'll give you that option. No, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm happy for the opportunity because I'm, uh, yeah. I don't know if I disagree, but I have a maybe different perspective on the on an, yeah. anonymity part. Um, uh, first of all, I, I personally don't believe that's anonymous. So it's 
pseudonymous at best. If we look at the Bitcoin blockchain version uh, we are having out there, which means um, with all the data that is generated, big data, machine learning, intelligence, uh, whatever you put on there, um, you make sort of one mistake uh, in, you, in your coverage and uh, then your anonymity is gone or your pseudonymity is gone as well. Um, so this is why they um, uh, found the Silk Road founder and, and other things. So one mistake is enough and, and, and I won't be anonymous anymore. Um, furthermore, I think it's, and this picks up on the accountability statement that Alain made, um, furthermore, in an enterprise context, this is, something that is clearly not desired. So what I see from, from my background talking about blockchain in an enterprise context is always the topic of, of identity that's, that's one of the most prevalent ones that, that comes up. So, so if we're talking about a an, an permissioned blockchain setup in, an, in, a, in a way where an enterprise consortium would use this as a technology, it is clearly about knowing uh, who is participating in this is very different to the to the fully fledged public setups um, we are seeing uh, specifically in the in the bitcoin blockchain context as well so there are probably different parts uh, to that aspect as well thank you very much i want to move on and and we've gotten into the the sentiment of negativity somewhere in this conversation agree disagree about anonymity and security and privacy who is participating in in the the block and the chains okay so Alon Cantor at checkpoint i'm looking at your notes here and and i think we need to discuss this in terms of what the public thinks so here's a statement you sent me and and then i'll ask you to expand it you say bitcoins today are widely used and publicized by criminals the bad guys the bad girls this is causing blockchain based payment platforms to be associated notoriously with negative activities and far less with legitimate usages. So let's talk a little bit about how is this sentiment going to be overcome? Whose job is it? Is there a person who is the king or queen or master ruler of the domain of blockchain who's sitting there saying, better call Jeremy Epstein, we need a positive campaign about blockchain. I hate this negative stuff that's going around. So, Alan, what's your thoughts about whose job is it to try and get a better rap for blockchain? Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, I think you're right that we need someone like Jeremy to to do a good marketing campaign in order to to get more confidence and more positive sentiment in the uh, public about uh, blockchain. I think that uh, Bitcoin, which was the, the first widely used implementation of blockchain, um, got a lot of bad publicity and it deserved it. The two main issues that uh, we saw with Bitcoin were First, uh, with the fluctuation in valuation, which uh, brought a lot of uh, speculant, uh, speculative investment in the, the currency rather than actual usage, as well as a lot of criminal activity. And uh, Bitcoin became the, the number one method of payment in ransomware scenarios. We've seen a lot of, uh, we still see a lot of uh, uh, consumer and enterprise ransomware situation where someone gets a hold of a machine or entire network or entire uh, file server and uh, requires payment and more often than not the payment is required to be done with bitcoins because it's 
provides this anonymity, which we mentioned earlier. And uh, um, this caused most people to, to only hear uh, about Bitcoin for the first time and in a negative uh, context, which is uh, becoming a problem if we are talking about uh, border adoption. What we see today is that there are several competing coins or different uh, financial uh, institutions that are trying to to overcome these issues and to to become more legitimate, but still there's a lot of benefits in the anonymity and in this uh, blockchain uh, novel system that is attracting people who would like to to remain undercover, remain uh, unknown, and uh, that it's obvious that the anonymity is, uh, is very attractive to those criminals. Thank you very much. I, I can almost hear and see uh, some kind of, uh, Jeremy, I'm thinking of you putting together a campaign for blockchain and saying to Bob down the street who was just dying to inherit your SUV because of a slip of a number or a, a digit or a character in a blockchain transfer uh, and saying, okay, Bob, it's safe. Okay, Bob, you, you can use Bitcoin. You can use blockchain. And Bob is yelling and screaming and saying, no, Jeremy, no, Jeremy, it's all hype. It's all hype. What are you doing to me? I'm not going to go to Jeremy with that one, but I want to get Raymond Gross because he's sitting next to us on around the table and then we'll get to you Jeremy but just think Raymond how how do you see getting past this negativity the criminals are using it how could anybody with half a brain put their money and their savings at risk so what do you see this overcoming process Raymond uh, actually I've seen progress over the last couple of months so if we just look back probably a year ago this was a much tougher dis- um, discussion to have and um, they worked hard for that negative image that they're having. So let's let's be very very frank about that. But uh, fortunately, over um, the past year or so, there's uh, uh, so much uh, additional um, uh, talk, so much additional discussion of of use cases and and things already branching out from the pure payment and and Bitcoin example. Up to other industries, into other areas. So I'm, I'm, I'm positive that this is a spin where over time um, we will also be able to reduce that um, negative sentiment uh, that uh, that was much more prevalent uh, a year ago or so, and uh, also come up uh, with um, uh, other, let's say, more positive and 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 more highlights. Uh, uh, to that technology, I would pitch in to the marketing campaigns though, because uh, this would be very well needed. But also, I believe uh, this is more than just uh, like uh, positive chain washing in a way, and 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 giving it a positive spin. Because I believe there's there's also real content and real stuff to it. So it doesn't only need like marketing, because there's uh, a lot of substance as well, and and this is even even better. Thank you. I like the optimism. I'm tweeting that. Raymond Gross optimism. Blockchain is already overcoming negative hype. And I'm copying Jeremy and Alone on that as well as the Digitalist magazine. And welcome to Digitalist. I am now a member of their team at SAP and they are listening and tweeting. And we are delighted as well as somebody named Brian Mulder at Inside Stat is tweeting. And Raymond, he's talking and tweeting at the same time as well as Jeremy and Martin Polano is also tweeting. So thank you all. I don't want to get off track here. Jeremy, I'm taking it around the table 
to you. And what about that campaign? How hard would you have to work to overcome the negative hype, the criminalistic overtones and uh, a public persona, perhaps, that blockchain has gotten? What would you do, Jeremy? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to thank all three of you for the endorsement. I'm going to download this audio file and put it on my website. So appreciate that, all of you guys. But, you know, it's a great question. I mean, I think what what will happen, two things. Number one is you're already seeing a loan's right, you know, that certainly the original perception of of Bitcoin is sort of the Silk Road criminal kind of thing. But I think what we're seeing is sort of a growing mainstreaming of certainly Bitcoin and sort of by follow on blockchain. And you look at countries where, I mean, the four of us are blessed to live in countries with relatively stable economies. But if you see what's happening in Venezuela, Turkey, China, Sub-Saharan Africa, where people are losing faith in the value of the currency, you know, they're faced with this choice of, well, do I just watch my my wealth evaporate? Do I go try to bunch, buy a bunch of gold? You know, good luck getting that through the airport. Or do I put my money in a store of value that I know I can take anywhere? And that's where a lot of this runoff, I think, in Bitcoin recently has happened. So what, what I think the story there is, look, people see the value in it. And the blockchain kind of as a technology is just sitting in the background. But bottom line is there's value in the use case for these people. So they're buying into Bitcoin. And I think as we see more applications, people will say, well, I can go with this option A, which is traditional, which may have, you know, increased risk, increased cost, increased time, or I can go with this new solution that gives me, you know, the same benefits maybe faster with greater security. Oh, I'll go do that. Oh, by the way, it's using blockchain. That's fantastic. So I think it's not about marketing blockchain. It's like you don't need to know that TCPIP is the protocol that makes email work. You just need to know that email is faster than faxes. So you're going to start using email then. Ah, it's that simple. I like the way you uh, you leapfrogged over that one. Thank you very much. Alon, I'm going to give you a chance to quickly comment before I move to a topic from Raymond's list because we're about six minutes away from our predictions round. So, Alon, anything you want to add to what your colleague said a few minutes ago or just now? No, I think that uh, this time we're all in agreement. Oh, well, my goodness. Okay. I think we can deal with that. Raymond Gross, I'm looking at your list here. Uh, you say, looking at the overall blockchain communication, there seem to be three different types of blockchain personalities. I like this. Let's see if you can give us some definitions here. Number one, you say there's a pure marketing perspective. That's the one that gives the clicks and the headlines and attracts everybody. Number two is the technical discussion about Heavy on math, heavy on computer science, how it all comes together and happens behind the scenes, perhaps. And I think Jeremy just talked about that. And the third is the conceptual part about the potential for a paradigm shift that is already in progress and certainly has a long way to go. So, Raymond, can you define these three terms for us? I'm very intrigued here. Absolutely. I would be a little bit reluctant uh, knowing about the marketing background of, of, of Jeremy, but uh, <laughs> as I experienced him on the show here, uh, I'm I'm confident that I won't make any insults Don't here, be afraid. Uh, to marketing people. So um, that's Don't that's be cool. afraid, Raymond. Um, I will protect you. I will protect you from yeah, Jeremy. It's okay. Uh, that's that's good. So what I what I see um, in 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 the news, in reporting, when talking to people, uh, if you have a pet project, probably since university, you never got attention. 
no budget for it, uh, put blockchain on it, and uh, you get the headlines, you get the clicks, you get the attention, you can sell it, you can position it, and um, it doesn't matter what it is, right? So I'm, I'm just waiting for the moment where I walk through the supermarket, and there's in the, in the aisle, there's right-hand side to me, there, there are diapers, and it, it, it says, now extra secure blockchain powered or something like that. So that's, that's a pure marketing perspective. Uh, slap it on because it's the name of the game and, and get going. Um, which doesn't say anything about uh, what's, what's in there, obviously. And then the technical perspective is, is where that all started. And, and a lot of the discussion, unfortunately, is very technology heavy. Um, and, and then I always ask, well, would we need to understand in detail how database uh, work just to make use of them? Or as, as, as Jeremy said, uh, would we need to understand in detail how email works? Uh, just uh, we want to use uh, a fast means of communication. Uh, no, we don't. Um, but there are people, obviously, um, that care about these things, and I'm, I'm glad they are there. And the technical discussion is always when you hear consensus algorithms, hashing, Merkle trees, uh, chain of blocks, transactions, and these things. So the things, technically, that make the whole thing happen. The exciting part for me as a, as, as a person looking from the innovative perspective is the conceptual part. So moving away from a centralized architecture, centralized concepts into a world of decentralization and thinking about what would change and how it would influence the way we are doing business, the way we are inter interacting uh, with each other in the future. And as a conceptual person, I know that technology as of today not always already matches up with everything or any with, with everything that is discussed on a on a conceptual level um, but you have to just be aware of that and uh, you have to know where to start and these are the different type of things and you get interesting discussions if you have people from the like different uh, buckets talking to each other and they don't realize uh, that they are talking on totally different things Thank you, Raymond. Very, very interesting, very instructive. I'm going to give each of the other panelists about 30 seconds to comment on whether you agree with these three personalities or perhaps personas that Raymond has defined for blockchain. So, Jeremy, talk to me, 30 seconds, and then we're going to go quickly into our predictions round. Jeremy, agree or disagree? Oh, I love it. I mean, I think the conceptual one is far and away the single most important thing we should be thinking about. So um, Raymond's way ahead of us with his blockchain-powered diapers, and I totally agree that, you know, that's where we need to be um, looking. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. Love it. I saw your tweet already. Blockchain-powered diapers on sale by Raymond Gross coming soon to a store near you. Raymond, I promise I'll, ha I'll handle this for you. Don't worry. No fighting here on the show. And Alon no, Cantor, what do, you, Alon, what do you think about the three personalities that Raymond has defined? Thoughts quickly? I fully agree. Nothing to add. Okay. That was simple. So a little time extra for Jeremy. Jeremy Epstein, predictions, love to talk about blockchain. Let's just call it the blockchain money digital makeover uh, reputation around the year 2020. Let's project out three New Year's Eves ahead. It's actually less than three years coming. So Jeremy, 60 seconds. What would you like to tell us you think will happen to blockchain at that future date? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think there are really four stages of sort of blockchain evolution. Phase one was when the whole thing was kind of uh, launched into the wild back by Satoshi, what that ever. The last phase two has sort of been all the last five, six years. Phase three is what we're in now, which is where I think large companies are going to say, okay, how do we leverage this to get operational efficiencies, reduce costs, sort of all that. And that, that's exciting. But that to me is like the equivalent of 
the heavy focus on intranets back in the late 90s. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. But the billions and billions of new value creations, the Ubers, Seamlesses, Spotify's, the thing we couldn't even envision 20 years ago, mm-hmm. that's what's going to be exciting. And so by 2020, you'll, see, you'll start to see sort of the rough equivalent uh, of those sort of new business models start taking hold. And you're already seeing it with like companies like Steemit and things like that. But, you know, by then we'll sort of be heavy into this phase three of back office uh, simplification and cost reduction but you'll also see this emergence of the totally new conceptual paradigms that Raymond was talking about. That's what I think. Thank you very much. And Alon Cantor, why don't you give us, uh, I have a whole 90 seconds for you because Jeremy was so efficient with his prediction. So Alon, 90 seconds. What do you see for blockchain around 2020? Yeah, I, I agree that uh, this is uh, just uh, an initial phase and that uh, We'll see many new applications. I've uh, uh, discussed with several researchers in university working on blockchain for looking for additional applications. I think the Bitcoin or currency and fintech is just one application that uh, is relevant for, for blockchain. We will see many other applications beyond fintech, beyond currencies, and uh, things like uh, one project that I, I came across is uh, building public bulletins that uh, for sharing partial information where you want the information to be uh, partially public without uh, revealing the person who has uh, uh, published it, um, adding the accountability and uh, the ability to uh, to make sure that every operation is being logged. So there's a lot of uh, possible applications. I think that uh, it's a brave new world for blockchain, and we will see it more and more. Thank you very much. I like that. New applications beyond fintech and new currencies are currencies. Raymond Gross, I have ooh, 90 seconds for you as well. What do you see? 2020, blockchain, what's in the crystal ball? So um, some some things are quite obvious as of today. So we are at the top of the hype cycle. So the Valley of Tears is upcoming. That's inevitable. So expect negative coverage uh, over um, probably already starting mid of this year or something. So the, the, the first people, the first ambassadors will leave the boat. Um, then there's a second perspective. Uh, we have a technology consolidation coming up. So just like three weeks ago, Gartner ta- uh, counted like 70 plus implementations of uh, different blockchain frameworks and technologies. So this obviously is going to be sorted out over the coming two to three years. The dominant platform or the dominant standard might not be on the market already. Uh, so it will only be emerging if uh, history is a prediction uh, uh, source for the future. Um, I mean, so those that will stick around, um, those are the ones that will reap the benefits. And it's uh, probably then a little less exciting, it's a little less sexy to really make it happen and and, and work on it. Um, But I, for my part, I have still 30 years to go until retirement, so come me on board here, and um, I'm excited uh, to to, uh, walk that path and also contribute to the change. 
Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I love the predictions. I want to thank Jeremy Epstein, Alon Cantor, and Raymond Gross very much for your thought leadership and your camaraderie. This was certainly a very congenial and interesting, I like to say compelling, when we get into uh, questions of who agrees with whom. And Jeremy, you have your work cut out for you in terms of a campaign, whether you like it or not. I think we just voted you to run it for getting the negative hype off of blockchain in the future. I have to do a shout out to Nadine Hoffman at SAP, the Digitalist Magazine, my colleague on my new team. Thank you very much for tweeting. We have Bob Yellen who tweeted. We have, let's see who else, Jeremy, you tweeted. Martin Polano and we have uh, Brian Mulder and Raymond Gross. My goodness, it's been quite a nice Twitter party here. So if you're curious about what we've all been reporting here on Twitter, go to hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. We have the whole story. Oh, we also had Ryan T. Sonnenberg tweeting for us. My goodness, this was quite a party. Whoever started the party, thank Thank you. We, oh, drone, drone photography tweeted yesterday about smart city, smart lighting. Thank you to you too. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much to our three extraordinary panelists. I have a feeling we have to do part three on this, Jeremy. You and I will, will uh, talk about it and we'll, we'll get a panel together. I think Raymond and Alon would probably like to come back too. I'll be in touch. Kevin at World Talk Radio, thank you so much for getting us on the air and keeping us there. And everybody have a great day. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Fasten your digital wallet to it. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Don't be so scared of blockchain and Bitcoin. Have a great one. See you tomorrow on Game Changers, 10 a.m. Eastern Internet of Things with Game Changers, talking about IoT and accounting, CPAs. It's tax time. Whoa. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.